Hello and welcome to the Neshama Project podcast where we explore spiritual tools for human thriving. I'm Rabbi Ben Newman, broadcasting today from our sukkah, our impermanent and imperfect sukkah in our backyard in Dobbs Ferry, New York. I'm joined today by two very special guests. First, my beloved Rabbi Shoshana Lis. Welcome. Thank you. And also, Michael Safranik, who's a avid listener of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Well, today, uh, we have a limited amount of time, so I'm going to read a poem from Yehudi Amichai about time and limits and space and Ecclesiastes, the book that we read on Sukkot, uh, the holiday that really highlights impermanence and imperfection. It's called A Man in His Life. And for those of you who are visual learners, I will put a link to this poem in the description of the podcast. A man in his life. A man doesn't have time in his life to have time for everything. He doesn't have seasons enough to have a season for every purpose. Ecclesiastes was wrong about that. A man needs to love and to hate at the same moment to laugh and cry with the same eyes, with the same hands to throw stones and to gather them, to make love in war and war in love, and to hate and forgive and remember and forget, to arrange and confuse, to eat and to digest what history takes years and years to do. A man doesn't have time. When he loses, he seeks, When he finds, he forgets. When he forgets, he loves. And when he loves, he begins to forget. And his soul is seasoned. His soul is very professional. Only his body remains forever an amateur. It tries and it misses, gets muddled, doesn't learn a thing, drunk and blind in its pleasures and its pains. He will die as figs die in autumn, shriveled and full of himself and sweet, the leaves growing dry on the ground, the bare branches pointing to the place where there's time for everything. So that's the poem by Yehuda Amichai. I'll share a couple of my thoughts about that. Um, First off, I think it's pointing to this idea that that human beings are complex. We contain multitudes. um, That everything comes at us all at once. And that life is in some ways a jumbled mess. A beautiful jumbled mess, but a jumbled mess nonetheless. Um, And it sort of reminds me of the way that the world looks in this season, at least in this part of the world, with the 
leaves falling on the ground and the wind blowing and there's there's green leaves and red leaves and dead leaves and live leaves and and there's fruits being coming off the trees like the apples and there's and there's um fruits shriveling on the ground like the dried figs that he talked about um and that's what it means to be a human being you know it contains all of it and that's sort of where i go with the poem where do you guys go um the the idea of of the choices you make right it's and I, I'm, I'm listening to the, to the poem and I'm thinking you, you can't do some of those things at the same time. Mm. That's, you have to make choices between those things um, as you go along. And that's in the end where you are with your choices is who you, who you become is based on the choices you've made. So it's if you were to be all things at all times, like, he seems to be suggesting would be the way to be. That you can't be. Right? That's why the fig is shriveled. Right. If if our son Ari was to be thinking about it, he would say, it's like, um, what's the word, what's the uh, physics term uh, where it's indeterminate, where, uh, superposition. Right? That in superposition you can be in two places at once. But besides superposition, you have to choose to be in one place at one time. Um, and I guess we, emotionally we can, like he said, we can love and hate at the same time, or we can be angry and happy at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, so there's a, there's a sense in which we can be both at the same time, but there's also a sense that when you're doing stuff, you got to make a choice. You got, you know, am I going to go over to your house and hang out in mm-hmm. your sukkah? Are you going to come to our house and hang right. out in our sukkah? Are we going to go and go to work today? Are we going to sit in our sukkah today? There's a time for everything. One of the ways I was thinking about it at Yankee Stadium was there's a time to fix and there's a time to flow. There's a time to forgive. There's a time to fight. There's a time to feel. Fix, flow, fight, feel. There's a mitzvah for every moment, one at a time. And yes, on the soul level, not just the motion, but the soul level, on Yom Kippur, when everything is, everything, everything is present in every one, of course, impossible for one human to grasp what that actually even means. Right? We can only catch a little glimpse of what even that means. No separation between this world and the world to come. No separation between this world and all the worlds that have passed. Every single moment preceding this moment exists in the now, on Yom Kippur. Like, you can't, or you can't, but you can. On the soul level, you can't. Right? And then, boom, Yom Kippur is over. Ah! Finitude. We're bound by time. <laughs> We're mortal beings, right? We... Uh, uh, everything everything is 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 temporary everything is limited we can't do it all you can't have it all 
but in the end, is that what the sukkah's for? Like, is that what the sukkah's for? That acceptance? I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little more inspiring. Than well, that. Yehuda Amichai is is, is, is disagreeing with that. I think okay. he's saying that it's all it's all at the same time. It's all together. Yes, you were going to say. Well, but Yehuda Amichai is arguing with with Ecclesiastes. He is. That's and saying no. And Pete Seeger. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, come right. on, he copped it. <laughs> he copped that song. Um, but the the argument with Ecclesiastes sets up sets up this tension between the the discrete choices and the flow of unity. And when we're outside time, like Yom Kippur or Shabbat, every Shabbat. Every well, Shabbat Shabbat's home. Yom Kippur is like even more. But what is the distinction between Shabbat and Shabbat and Yom Kippur. Well, well you do the five practices. Right. You don't eat. Right. Well, it's eternity. Because, it's because eternity in time. Eat, right. That's have it. To yeah. Who can eat on a day like that? It's not you shouldn't eat. It's not beat yourself up. It's why would you ever want to eat when you're there? As opposed like, to Sukkot, where you ever eat? Where you eat. <laughs> That's and everything flows into us, so we don't. We're not walled off in our houses with our solid walls and our windows. That's we're in a permeable space. We're in a permeable space where everything flows. The air upwards, flows upwards and downwards. That's it's okay, also yes. there's always going to be an opening. Right, there is That's, an opening at the bottom of the sukkah. There's an opening at the top of the wall. Sometimes and there's the holes in the walls. There are still solid walls, which I think says what we wanted to say, which is that balance between structure, form, and flow. Right, the, the halachas of the sukkah, like I taught last night, are really important. The laws. Our family added an extension on the bottom of the sukkah to make sure it was a kosher sukkah because it can only be, it, it can't be closer to the ground than three hand breadths. Can't be further away from it. Further than the ground. Than three closer hand to the ground. The, the, the bottom of the wall can't be can't further be cl- from the ground than three hand breadths. Thank you. It has to be within three hand breadths. It can. Wait a minute, but there's also. It can it, be closer than three hand breadths. It can touch it the ground. Yeah. The walls can touch the ground. Oh. That shifts everything. So. Yes. That's, and going back to, to Science Boy. Okay. Right? We can look at the cell membrane and permeability. That's in order for any living cell to live, any living creature has mm. to be appropriately permeable. It can't right. be walled off from all existence. Semi permeable membrane. That's all membranes. But they also need to define a space. Which is Reconstructionist Judaism, by the way. <laughs> it is. And science. It's adapt, but the right amount. It's absorb the influence of dominant cultures surrounding you to the extent that it supports your health, vitality, values. So I wanted, to get, I wanted to get back to this time and, and, and uh, eternity and, and, uh, and temp, uh, temporariness. Right, and the the idea that there's a that there that that we have limits in terms of time and what we can do in one particular moment versus having everything in every moment in, in one in moment. right. And um, I was just thinking about as you were speaking, Rabbi Shoshana, uh, about the four worlds and how on the level of atzilut. On the spiritual world, on the level of Bria, the intellectual world, the, on the level, even on the level of Yitzira, the emotional world, you can have 
multiple things at once. You can have, you can feel love and hate and all those things at once. But on the physical world of Asiya, you can only be in one place at one time, right? And, that, and that's the world that things are really temporary, that things are impermanent, right? The physical world is an impermanent, imperfect world where, where you can only be in one place at a time. Your heart, in the world of your heart, the world of emotions, like you can feel a thousand things. Yeah, at but once. the it's like, rise and fall too, just like the passing breath. They also are impermanent, but but there but there's so much more space there. You know, it's like or or, or less. Mm. <laughs> it's not bound by space. It's not bound by space. Yeah. There's a there's a verse in the Torah about rakia. And by the way, your mind too. Sorry, I'll let you. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So there, your mind, right, can go. You can go to the past. You can go to the future. You can. It's not bound by time at all. But meditation is required. Let's not say required. Meditation is a tool for supporting a healthy mind that doesn't go in seven trillion directions at once. Right. We still. We also want the mind to have some gentle. Containment. Well, that brings right. that brings me to to Thich Nhat Hanh, who would say that everything is available in the present moment. That when you're able to like to like sit stably in the present moment, right? As we're sitting in the sukkah, there's an eternity that exists within time, right? That that it's Boiled. like the Shabbat. It's like the Shabbat that you guys were talking about in every moment. Right? There's, a, there's a possibility for a Shabbat, for a, for a stability, for a rest in every moment. I like that you're associating stability with eternity. Because right? mm. stability kind of in the physics world is like a solid object. And nothing's stable in physics, right? It's all right, and You guys pr- are the physics. Or, or there's, you know, the idea that it's all completely stable because matter is, you know, you're not looking at, once you go through the crystalline structures, we think that's solid and we see everything is in motion in, on the atomic level and then we get to pure energy level and finally there's, you know, information theory where it's all been done and it's, again, static. So everything's in motion and it's static. I believe you, but I don't understand you. <laughs> I think that's a different podcast. <laughs> well, it, it it's like okay, here's it's like the way it's like the waves and the ocean, mm-hmm. right? So the ocean is stable, the same thing, and the waves are the manifestations that arise. Are you listening? Mm-hmm. The, the, I'm, I just said the bracha for the lulav for those who oh. can't see me because I'm doing two things at once because I'm objecting to the world that to the to the statement that I can't be that there's a time for everything I'm shaking my lulav and I'm recording a podcast so you're you're totally in agreement with Amichai (laughs) Yehuda Amichai anyway continue yeah so um so it's like the waves in the ocean, right? That whole story about the the waves saying he's scared and then the other wave says oh you're not a wave you're water tell the story just tell tell us about the story So the story goes that there's two waves in the ocean and a large wave and a smaller wave. And the smaller wave turns to the larger waves and says, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to, we're going to 
we're gonna crash on the shore and we're gonna and we're gonna die. Aren't you afraid? And the larger wave says, we're, you're not a wave, you're water. And that's what Yom Kippur is about, I would say. Uh, I think yes. that's what Shabbat is about and Yom Kippur yes. and sitting. When we say rehearsing. Sitting in the sukkah, right? Which is, right, leshev basukah, right? You're supposed to sit within the flowy, dwelly, impermanent structure, right? Settle there. The, the Settle movement there. of the ocean, the impermanence of the mm. leaves falling. So we are You have one. to sit. We, shave the bracha is, you've commanded me to stabilize this being, this physical body within a sukkah. Right, and th- there's a theory, you know, that, that Hebrew roots come from two letters, not three letters. Right? And so if you go by that theory, shave and Shabbat oh. could actually, they, they share the shin and the bet. Right. Remember when someone blessed me to put keva in my zoos? The blessing for putting a mezuzah? You don't put a mezuzah up on a No. That's interesting. <laughs> well, it's temporary. Okay. You'd have to take it down. Okay. I think that might have been explored sometime. It is the entrance into a transition. Well, would that be an oat on an oat? But that's a different conversation. Yeah. The blessing, I will say, for placing a mezuzah on your doorstep, on your doorpost, is... Uh, Leek boa. boa. a mezuzah. Which means to affix a mezuzah. And there's, again, the, the paradox and the balance. Keva is form, structure... Mezuzah has the word zuz, which is movement. So you're integrating all the motion with all the stability every time you acknowledge and pass through your gates. So the comparison of doorways and doorposts with mezuzot to mm-hmm. Sukkot, right, to the sukkah that we sit in, because they're both liminal spaces. Mm-hmm. That's where we're passing through both and we're going to settle in our liminal space in our transition we're going to become comfortable in change mm. and great segue I'm not actually going to wave now because I do want to have some good covenant but I, I will say that there's a theurgical moment here too not only are we accepting change and being comfortable in change and settling in a sukkah we are changing we are effectively changing reality itself when we shake our lulav we are stirring up change we are in all directions waving shifting changing God's self and then bringing it into our each uh, see that's interesting. See, I don't see that. I see it as as what do you taking that? the change that's in all of the directions, yeah, and then bringing it into the stability that's in your heart. Interesting. What do you think? Please write into the comments, Michael. What do you? I don't think? know if there are comments. When in you the wave podcast. your, well, maybe there can be. There might be. Don't you want to hear from your podcast listeners in response, um, Michael Sophrenic? What what are what are you? What's your comment now when you wave? 
when you shake your lulav? Um, it's it's connecting. So I don't know that that if it's the the change of God's self. If, if that's the the permanent, that's the water that we swim in, that we are part of the the mm-hmm. the piyut. So it's taking our physical changes. Are we changing our environment? Yes. But it's, it's a connection in all directions and the acknowledgement of the permanence, I guess. So it's more of what Rabbi Ben was speaking about. Sorry, Rabbi Shosh. <laughs> well, I'm good. I, I don't mind. So I, was I just... know I appreciate that because, honestly, it's like a lot of pressure to be like, I'm going to go change God. But I think both have elements of truth. Well, the, so... I'm, gonna, I, I'm praying for rain. I, my prayers might actually squeak open the... As it says in Talmud uh, tractate Ta'anit, only God can make the rain. So you're going to go wave your, your, your lulav now, and how much more waving is that than the butterfly that flapped its wings? Right. Right. Because uh, you do have an effect as the butterfly has an effect. Right. So I was thinking of when you were... Uh, just before speaking of this poem, uh, this song by Phil Oaks, When I'm Gone. Do you know that song? I don't think so. There's no place in this world where I'll belong when I'm gone. And I won't know the right from the wrong when I'm gone. And you won't find me singing on this song when I'm gone. So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here. And I won't feel the flowing of the time when I'm gone. All the pleasures of love will not be mine when I'm gone. My pen won't pour a lyric line when I'm gone. So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here. So I'd like to introduce an additional guest on our podcast. <laughs> on the phone? Yep. Uh, see if Rabbi it'll come David through. Siff has joined us from Florida. Hello, Rabbi David Siff. Hi, Rabbi Shosh. Hi, Rabbi Ben. We're also here Hi. with Michael Safranek. <clears throat> Who is an avid listener of the Nishama podcast? Hello, and a learned, very engaged Jew. So we are continuing our podcast on the themes of Rabbi Ben. Would you summarize? <sighs> uh, there's a poem. We read a poem by Yehuna Amichai that basically says that he disagrees with Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything and that human beings don't have a specific time for everything because we have to feel everything at the same time. Uh, So the question on the table is, is there a time for everything where it's discrete or as a human being, do you live in a world where everything happens to you at the same time? And then we went on to explore all the basic themes of Sukkot. We've covered change and what is actually happening when you shake your lulav, which I would love to hear your opinion on, Rabbi David, and also what the sukkah is for spiritually, you know, really, so anything related to the holiday that you feel um, is juicy for you in this moment, you're welcome to share on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. So there's really two very interesting limits regarding the size of the sukkah. The sukkah can be as wide as you want, just has to be big enough to fit in it. It can't be as tall as you want. The limit is 20, what are called amo, which is like a forearm. So it's about 30 feet. So the, it can't be higher than 30 feet. It can't be so high that like, you don't even notice it above you. And it can't be less than 10 uh, hand width. So, so your hand, which is about 40 inches. 
So it can't be lower than so in other words, the sukkah, the roof of the sukkah, symbolizes the divine presence. You know, and I always grew up thinking, okay, God is everywhere, but there's a sense that sometimes we feel farther away from God, sometimes we feel closer. And the, the limit of this 40 inches is that there's a limit to how close we get to this feeling of closeness to God. So there is a sense of distance from God. Like to go to your time for everything, right, a time for closeness, a time for distance, but then the only time for complete closeness is when we die. As long mm. as we're alive, we only can come so close to full oneness with God. Um, and that's the 40 inches. Oh my gosh, that's so perfect with this poem because it says at the end of the poem, he will die as figs die in autumn, shriveled and full of himself and sweet, the leaves growing dry on the ground, the bare branches pointing to the place where there's time for everything. Right, so that basically what Amichai, Yehuda Amichai is saying is that the only time when there's time for everything is when you're dead. Right, and then when it's shriveled, it's all there together, right? It's all compressed. Like you taste a dried fruit, and it's incredibly sweet. Mm. When he talks about the shriveled branch, that's what I think of. Is it's like the tom seat, right? The, the essence, the reduction. Mm. And isn't that what life does to us? It like it slowly, <laughs> it slowly like makes us more and more. That's my mom talked purified. about sucking every last drop out of life. Live deep and suck the marrow of life. Right, Henry, it's David, Henry David Thoreau. Which is, I think, what I'm doing <clears throat> in Sukkot, and I hope others too. I feel like on Yom Kippur, who can eat? On Sukkot, who can sleep? Rabbi David, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to have you again sometime soon. That was great. Thank you for bringing him in, mm -hmm. Rabbi Shoshana. I don't know if you heard me say, Alta Kriya Ela Kriya is from the second day of creation, the creation of this Rakia, this mysterious word Rakia, which there's a Midrash, I believe it's 8th century, it's a later Midrash, that says, don't read this word firmament right between the heavens and the earth that's created on the second day. Don't read it as rakia, but read it. What it's intended to be is a kriya, which is a tearing, right? That we tear our garments after we hear of the death of a loved one, indicating that our hearts are torn. That's true. Our hearts are torn as represented by the kriya, the cutting, the tearing. But also, there's a tearing in the fabric of the universe itself, in all of creation, because of this uh, idea that's depicted in the Midrash. When God says to the waters, the primordial waters of creation, go down, half of you, waters of creation, be the lower waters, and the waters destined to become the lower waters as is God's will object and they say we're not going we want to stay here we want to be part of the heavenly waters the primordial waters of creation well there is no heavenly it's just well, the we one, the one waters the okay. yes. they, want us, they don't want to be in the world of mortality the place where there's time for everything change and the time for everything place right we're not going Right? We want to just be water. And God takes God's pinky 
and tears the waters in half, and the lower waters Pinky, become so to speak. the lower waters. And that is why there's a tearing, there's a, there's a flaw in the, in the universe, because ultimately it's all one, it's all one water, it's all one ocean, Ooh. which we perceive on Yom Kippur. We taste a glimpse of that and a little bit on Shabbat as well, more than a little bit. Yom Kippur, you're there to the extent that you can be there, and then you're back. Thankfully, we have a sukkah to assist us in returning to a world of separation, which has the possibility and the potential for tasting the non-separate. Which world. is why, by the way, we draw water up from the ground on Sukkot, and we draw water down from the heavens on Sukkot, right? We start saying the prayer for rain, and we do Simchat Beit HaShoeva, which is this ancient ritual of drawing water up from the earth. So we draw the waters down from below up, and we draw the waters from above down so that it can all sort of hang out here. Sort of. Key sort of, yes. Exactly, being the keyword. And it hurts. It's it, there's a grieving and accepting mortality and accepting this flaw and accepting, like Michael said, that we live in a world that changes. All right, I'm going to end the podcast with this song. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. And Rabbi David said, "Spread over all of us." Draw water in joy from the living well. Draw water in joy from the living well. Draw water in joy from the living well. Draw water in joy from the living well.
water in joy from the living well. Draw water in joy from the living well. Draw water in joy from the living well. Draw water in joy from the you all for joining us until next time this has been the neshama project podcast thank you michael sopranic thank you rabbi shoshana thank you rabbi david sif and uh we'll see you hopefully in not as long as it was since our last episode take care chag sameach moadim lefumcha